guys, welcome to Trinity Church Online. For more information, please visit us at ourtrinity.org or you can find us on Facebook at Trinity Church of Wheat Ridge or even on Instagram at Trinity Church CO. No matter where you are today, we are glad that you have joined us here. I need to get back into the book of Revelation with you. You know, it's amazing over the last few weeks I've been sitting at home and just kind of watching a little bit of TV here and there in the news. How many people are talking about the New World Order? Biden's been talking about it. The president of Ukraine's been talking about it. Everybody's been talking about it. I want to tell you what. Jesus Christ is going to come again, and he's going to establish that New World Order. And we're going to be looking at that, Lord willing, next week. But today we're going to be in Revelation chapter 18, and I want you to turn there. I'll be having you go somewhere else in just a few minutes. But we're going to be looking at the fall of Babylon. If you go to Revelation chapter 18, verse 2 gives us the theme for this chapter. And it says, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Now, who is this Babylon the Great? I want to suggest to you it is not the ancient city of Babylon like so many people will teach. Because the scriptures tell us that the ancient city of Babylon will be destroyed, never to rise again. In fact, Daniel in chapter 5 says it's going to be destroyed by the, by the Persians, never to rise again. Alexander the Great tried to rebuild it, and he died before it got finished. His successor, Seleucus, tried to build it, and he failed. And then recently, in our modern history, Saddam Hussein was building the statue of Nebuchadnezzar about himself. He was building the walls, starting to rebuild the city. But we know that he was captured and defeated in the Gulf War. I want you to go, hold your place here in Revelation. I want you to go to Jeremiah chapter 51. Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 51. And Jeremiah clearly states here that Babylon will, will never be inhabited again. Now, this cannot be the ancient city of Babylon that we're going to be looking at here in Revelation 18, or the scriptures are not true. Let's go to Revela uh, Jeremiah chapter 51, and you can read that whole chapter and read about it, but I'm going to just pick out a couple of verses here. Let's go to, to Jeremiah 51, verse 37 says, Babylon shall become a heap, a dwelling place of jackals, an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. It will never be inhabited again. Then if you drop over to verse 64, this is what it says. Then you shall say, Thus Babylon shall sink and not rise from the catastrophe. It will never rise again. So this is what Jeremiah tells us. So this cannot be the ancient city of Babylon that we're talking about. So who are we talking about here? Before we get into the notes and start getting into the message, I want to lay out who we're talking about. The last time we were together in Revelation, we talked about the great prostitute, and we identified the great prostitute as being Jerusalem. And I want to suggest to you again that this Babylon that we're going to be looking at is also Jerusalem. We've seen her before. Go back with me to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8. I just want to lay this out before we get into this chapter. Revelation chapter 14, verse 8 says, and another angel followed, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, the great city. So it identifies Babylon as the great city. Well, where else do we see that? Let's go to Revelation chapter 11. Go back and take a look at how we were introduced to this great city. Revelation chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. When they finished their testimony, these are the two witnesses that are in Jerusalem that are giving uh, their witness. 
the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit, that's the Antichrist, will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of that great city. Every time we see that phrase, the great city, it's always referring to Jerusalem. I'm going to show that to you in just a minute, which spiritually is called Sodom. Now, Jerusalem was not Sodom, but it was called Sodom because of their sexual perversion. Then it's called Egypt. Now, Jerusalem wasn't Egypt, but it's called Egypt because of their false doctrines and leading away of wandering away from God. And it's called Babylon because of its heresies. Now, notice, which is spiritually called Sodom and Edom, where also our Lord is crucified. Where was Jesus crucified? You don't know where Jesus was crucified? In Jerusalem. Where were the two witnesses killed? In the city of Jerusalem, that great city. Now, let's go over to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation, the, the 16th chapter. I love getting into this stuff. I hope you don't mind. And we, we look at Jesus Christ, and he's saying he's going to come again. And he says in verse 19 of the 16th chapter, Now the great city was divided into three parts. And as you understand that, it's Jerusalem that's going to be divided into three parts. And let's go over to Matthew 23. Let's see what Jesus has to say. Let's go to Matthew 23. Say, we're ever going to get to Revelation 18? Yeah, maybe this afternoon. No, we'll get there. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 23. You with me so far? Okay, let's go to Matthew 23. And we begin reading with verse 33. And this is, he's talking to the Jewish leaders here. And he says, you serpents, you brood of vipers. Now, boy, Jesus didn't mince any words. He's calling them snakes. You vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send to you prophets, wise men, scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all of the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berkiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Surely I say to you, all these saints will come upon this generation. Now notice this. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers your chicks under her wing, but you were not willing See, your house is left to you desolate. So I say for you, you will not see me anymore until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You remember how Revelation started in chapter 1? It says those who pierced him will see him when he comes. So what we're going to have here, the fall of Babylon, I wanted you to set up, that. I want you to be able to understand this, is Jerusalem. And as we move through this passage of Scripture, I think you're going to see it even more and uh, more clear. But today we want to look at the announcement of the fall of Babylon. Then we want to look at the appeal of the fall of Babylon. Then the anguish of those who are going to suffer from the fall of Babylon and the acclaim. Let's bow together. Well, Father, your word is so right there in front of us. In the days, every day we live, we get closer to the fulfillment of the book of Revelation. Every new day brings us to the need to surrender to you as our Lord and Savior. The one who's going to come again and establish his kingdom, not riding on a lowly donkey, but riding upon a great charger. 
not to be executed, but to execute judgment and to establish your kingdom here upon the earth. So, Lord, as we open up this chapter, this is your revelation. You don't want to hide it from us. You want to reveal it to us so that we might be wise and that we might understand the days in which we live and that we might be wise enough to understand what is coming before us and that we might be prepared with lives that are committed to you. So, Lord, we ask that again, your word be the truth and your Holy Spirit take that word and infuse it into our lives and transform us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing we want to look at here is the announcement. Let's begin looking at Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon, the great has fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul uh, spirit, and a cage for every unclean, hated bird. For all the inhabitants, all the nations, have drunk of the wine of the wrath of the fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. First of all, let's look at the one who's given the announcement here in verses 1 and 2. It's an angel from heaven. It's a great authority, has great authority. The, the earth is filled with, with this splendor, is illuminated by his splendor, and he shouts with a message. Now, here's the message in verse 2. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Now, here's something else I don't want you to confuse Babylon. Babylon is not the ancient city of Babylon. Babylon is not Rome. I'm going to show that a little later on. It is also not the beast. It is not the Antichrist. Why do I say that? Because the Antichrist... The beast is not destroyed until the 19th chapter when Jesus Christ returns and he takes the beast, he takes the false prophet, and he casts him to the lake of fire. So we're not talking about the Antichrist here. We're not talking about Rome here. We're not talking about the ancient city of Babylon. We're talking about Jerusalem. Now look at some of these details that's given to us about Babylon the Great in verses 2 to 3. Became the home of demons. Became the haunt for every evil spirit. You know, three major religions of the world have their identity here in Jerusalem. Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Now, the Jew today, if they haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ, they're not worshiping Jesus. They're worshiping the God of Abraham. So they're lost. The Muslims are lost. Christians are the only ones that have the true message of Jesus Christ. And it became a haunt for every unclean, detestable bird. When we get over to the 19th chapter, we're going to see when Jesus Christ comes and he defeats the armies uh, with the sword of his spirit, that the birds are going to come from Jerusalem. They're going to come and eat the flesh. Now, where's the valley of Megiddo where this battle takes place? Is it in Rome? No. Is it in ancient Babylon? No. It's just north of Jerusalem in northern uh, Israel. And the birds are going to come to that place and eat of the flesh. Now we'll go look at that when we look at the 19th chapter coming down the road. But notice, all the nations have drunk of the maddening wine of her. The kings of the earth have committed adultery with her. And the merchants of the earth grew rich. If you go back to Ezekiel 13, it talks about how the Chaldeans and the Assyrians and others and the merchants committed adultery with her and how they began to follow in her false uh, teachings and how she wandered away from God and she went into all the nations and accepted all the gods of all the other nations. And what's interesting here, you've got to understand three things here. Remember that the Jews were dispersed from Israel in A.D. 70 when Rome came in, took over their temple, 
and they were dispersed. Now, I want to tell you, they were scattered. The Jews were scattered all over the earth. What did they take with them? Capitalism, banking system, the economy, free enterprise. They took that all over the world. This isn't just a democracy. The Jews took that all over the world. Not only did they take all of that knowledge and wealth and information and merchandise all over the world, do you realize where Israel sits? If you were in the trade route, and I tell you, I really, Earl really did this when he was going through some of his, his uh, teachings with us uh, after church here a couple of months ago, how if you didn't want to go all the way around the Cape of Africa to go to India and China to trade, you went through the Middle East. And all the trade routes, he was showing, there are three different trade routes that goes through Israel. One of them goes right through Jerusalem. They're at the center of the trading and the merchants. Not only that, who's ruling from Jerusalem? during the tribulation. The Antichrist comes. He sets his, his tent between the glorious mountain of God, Jerusalem, and the, and the sea, and he's ruling. The Antichrist is ruling from here, and he sets himself up as the abomination of desolation to be worshipped in the temple. And do you realize what happens when he is the ruler of the world? We go to a one-world system of economy. The false prophet is going to make everybody worship him, and you have to take the mark of the beast to buy and to sell. See, all three of those things fit into exactly what, what, what John is saying here about how the merchants and how everybody grew through her wealth. And notice this. They called and gathered here together in this one place. And we're going to see when she falls how these merchants and how these kings of the earth mourned for her. So the second thing we want to look at, not only the announcement here, let's look at the appeal, the appeal of the fall of Babylon. Let's look at that in verses 4 through 8 here of the 18th chapter. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, come out. Would you underline that phrase? Come out of her, all my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her. That means pay back to her. Would you underline that phrase? Pay back to her. Render to her as she's rendered to you. And repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix a double for her. Remember when Jesus said, the outside of the cup is clean, but inside you're full of abominations? That's what he's, that's what he's referring to here. And he says, in that measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuri luxuriously, in the same age, you give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, this is what Israel's always said. I'm a queen. I'm God's chosen. Uh, I added that in there. I'm a queen. I'm not a widow. God's not going to abandon me. I'm God's chosen. I'm God's people. I'm just adding that in there. I will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. Death, mourning, and famine and she will be utterly burned with fire. Would you notice that? She's going to be burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And let's go take a look at this. So another voice comes out of heaven, and this appeal comes from heaven itself, not from an angel. And the actual appeal is two things. Number one, come out of her and render to her or give to her. Now notice this here in verse 4. Come out who? Who's to come out? My people. God's Jewish people who have accepted Christ during the tribulation. Now, why do I say that? Remember in Matthew 24 when Jesus said, when you see the abomination, flee. Come out of her, O my people. For the very elect are going to be deceived. And notice this. The people of God are not coming out of Rome. 
They're not coming out of the ancient city of Babylon. They're coming out of Jerusalem. Folks, my people who've come to faith, my people, come out. Why? Because you're devoid that you'll not share in her sin so that you'll not receive her plagues, so that her sins won't be piled up against you in heaven, and that God has remembered her crimes. You want to see something really cool? At least I think it is. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians and, and take a look at this a minute. Now, this come out and be separate. It isn't just to the Jews here at the time of tribulation. Let's go look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's start reading in verse 14. You with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Church, I want you to be paying attention here. This is really important. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk among them, and I will be their God, and they, and they shall be my people. He's talking about the Jewish people. He's talking about us who come to faith in Christ. Now notice this. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch which is unclean, church, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Therefore, chapter 7, verse 1, Having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfect holiness in the fear of God. So come out, my people. Now notice, get back. Render what? To who? To her, to Babylon, to Jerusalem. Why? As she has given out to you. Pay her back double for what she's done to you. Mix her a double portion of the cup, which is clean on the outside, but it is abominable inside. We just read in Matthew 23 where God says, I've sent to you prophets, I've sent to you scribes, I've sent to you my son Jesus Christ, and you killed them. This is the killer. Jerusalem is the killer of the prophets. Of all God who sent, they killed and crucified Jesus Christ on the cross. They were going to kill the two witnesses who were going to come and witness in the last days. So pay back what? Notice this. Give her back as much torture and grief as she's lived in luxury that she gave herself. Why? Because in her heart she boasts, I'm a queen. No one's going to touch me. I'm God's chosen. I'm God's people. I'm not a widow. I'll never be a widow. I'm never going to suffer. Be careful, Christian. We can say the same thing. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will come upon Notice the three plagues. Death, mourning, and famine. And she's going to be consumed with fire. Why is that so important? Because this is the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 17. Let's go back because we were there. It's been four weeks since we were there. But go back to Revelation chapter uh, 17. And look at verse 16. And the ten horns, remember we said that Jerusalem's going to ride upon uh, the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to have ten nations going to be with them. Now notice this. And by the way, did you just hear? This isn't in my notes. I, I just drive the sound people crazy because I go off, wander off. Did you just hear what the president of Ukraine wants to have? 
Now, he wants to have a 20-nation confederation of a new world order. Well, maybe he won't get 20, maybe he'll get 10. You know, he's Jewish. Jewish certainly would receive him, wouldn't they? If he established a peace with them. I'm just saying. It, it, I'm not saying he's, he's the person. I'm saying it's going to take someone like that. Well, I got off. Let's look at this. Revelation 17, 16 says, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. We identify the harlot of Jerusalem. Now notice this. They'll make her desolate and naked and flesh and burn her with fire. That's exactly what we see fulfilled in the 18th chapter. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and give their kingdom to the beast until the word of God is fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw, there it is again, is that great city over and over again who rules over the kings of the earth. Zechariah 13, go look at that. I don't have time to go into that. Third thing we want to look at, you with me so far? We're looking at the anguish. Let's look at the anguish. There are three groups of people that are going to anguish over the destruction of Babylon or Israel. The kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, and those who make their living by the sea. Let's go look at this. The fall of Babylon, the anguish it's going to create, the anguish of the kings of the earth. Look at verses 9 and 10. For the kings, you see that? For the kings of the earth who commit fornication and live luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her. Hey, where does Antichrist has brought all the kings together into one rule? And he's ruling from this place. And they're going to lament and they're going to weep for her when they see the smoke of her burning. See, uh, we just found out that the ten nations are going to burn her with fire. Standing at a distance. Oh, man, great people, huh? Uh, we're, 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 we're with you, but we're going to stand off on this because, man, we see you're getting punished. Notice this. Alas, alas. Look at this statement. Alas, that great city. There it is again. Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So these kings of the earth, they've committed adultery with her. They've shared in her, her wealth and her luxury. They see the smoke of her burning. They stand afar off, and they testify at her torment, and they cry out the first time, Whoa, whoa, oh great city, for in one hour your destruction has come. That's the, the anguish of the kings. Now let's go look at the anguish of the merchants of the earth. Remember how we said how Israel spread this merchants and their wealth and their banking system and free enterprise, all of these things all over the world, and now it's focused here in the one world government in the same central place. Now notice what the merchants say here, verse 11 through 17. Then the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys her merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver and precious stone and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, every kind of citron word and every kind of, of uh, object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and incense. How do you get all this stuff? You're in the middle of a trade route. All the merchants coming through here. Frankincense, wine, and fine flour, and wheat, and cattle, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and bodies, and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. And the merchants of these things will become rich by her, will stand at a distance for fear of her. And here's, here's, here it is the second time. O great city, 
You're in clothes or fine linen, purple and scarlet. You want to go see this? Go back to Revelation 17. And verse 3 says, So he carried me away in the spirit, and I saw the woman in scarlet beast, which was full of names and blasphemy. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious. It's exactly the same description. For an hour, one hour your great riches have come to nothing. They're going to weep, these merchants. They're going to mourn over her. No one's going to be able to buy the cargo anymore. They're going to say, Hey, the fruit that you long for is now gone from you. Now we can't have it. And those who sold these saints and, and bought those saints are going to weep over. And they will weep and mourn. And notice this, O great city, dressed in fine linen and purple. And that's exactly the description of the great prostitute of Jerusalem who committed harlotry time and time and time again, who left and abandoned God and followed the gods of the world. Now, this is an interesting thing. The anguish of those who make their living by the sea. Now, let me ask you a question. Where's the sea in the ancient city of Babylon? There's no sea. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. But guess what? Jerusalem is right next to the Mediterranean Sea. And notice what it says here. Verse 17 through 19. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance, and they cried out when they saw the smoke of the burning, saying, Who is like this? great city. That's the third time. And we've identified the great city. And they threw dust on their heads and they cried with weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city, there it is again, in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she's made desolate. Everybody sees the smoke of her burning because the ten nations are burning her and destroying her and turning on her. Was there ever a city like this city? There's never been a city like Jerusalem. Rome has fallen. Babylon has fallen. Uh, you can name any, any large capital of any. It's all fallen. But Jerusalem still is. With weeping and mourning, they cry, Whoa, whoa, old great city. In one hour, she's been brought to nothing. Well, let's go look at the final thing. Got to keep moving along here. Now, this, guys, if you don't see anything else in the whole message, wake up right now, because this is going to absolutely identify this as being Jerusalem. Let's go look at the acclaim of Revelation. The acclaim of Revelation 18, 20 to 24. Rejoice over her, O heaven. And, and now, in some translation, says, you holy apostles. The accurate translation, you saints and apostles. How many of you have that in your translation? Saints and apostles. That's the accurate translation. Rejoice over her, O heaven, you saints, apostles, and prophets. For God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence this great city, Babylon, shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Now notice this. The sound of the harpists, the musicians, the flutists, the trumpeters shall not be heard anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found. The sound of the millstone shall not be heard. The light of the lamp will not shine in her anymore. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will not be heard in her anymore. And your merchants were great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. And in her, now notice this, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints and all who were slain upon the earth. 
Notice the response from heaven in verse 20. Who's in heaven? And what is their response? Rejoice. Who is to be rejoicing? Notice here, the saints, the apostles, and the prophets. Now let me say something to you. When Babylon, the ancient city, was here, there were prophets, but there weren't saints and apostles. When Rome was there, there weren't any prophets, but there were saints and apostles. So it can't be Babylon, it can't be Rome. The only one that has both the prophets and the saints and the, apostles, and the prophets is Jerusalem. I'm just trying to use common sense. Now look here. Rejoice. Why? Because God has judged her for doing what? The way she treated you. Remember we just read in Matthew 23, O Jerusalem, those who killed everyone I sent to you, the prophets, the priests, the scribes, the apostles, the Christians, you killed them all. So the action of the mighty angel is, now this is amazing, guys, picked up a boulder the size of a millstone and threw it into the sea. Do you know where you see this picture? but a little bit different. With the ancient fall of Babylon, the angel came, picked up a millstone, and threw it into the river. Because what flows right through Babylon is the river of Euphrates River. But now the angel's not throwing it in the river, he's throwing it into the sea. Now notice what he says here. Now, this is very important, the words of the mighty angel. With violence, Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. See, the ancient city of of Babylon would never be inhabited again, would never rise again. But now this Babylon, this Jerusalem, it says, will never be found again. No, no, wait a minute. Isn't Jesus Christ going to come and walk through the ancient, uh, you know, the eastern gate and be in Jerusalem? Yes, but I'm going to tell you something different about this. Because notice what happens here, what he says. And if you go to, go to the book of Jeremiah, you'll see the exact same description of what's going to happen to Jerusalem. No more music's going to be heard in her. No workmen of trade and craft's going to be found. The sound of the millstone's not going to be heard. The light of the lamps will never be shining. No wedding's going to take place there. Merchants of the world's not going to be meeting there. And by her magic spell, all the nations were led astray. The most important statement here, and all the saints and who have been killed by her, we found the blood of the saints and the prophets. Now, let, let me ask you some questions here, or think through this. When Jesus Christ comes back, and he sets his feet upon them, by the way, that's where we're going to be at next week. We're going to be in 19th chapter, the second coming of Christ. Man, that's going to be an awesome chapter. And we're going to see the marriage supper of the Lamb before we all come and all that good stuff. But let, let me tell you this. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's not coming back to Jerusalem as we know it. Because he's coming, and let me explain this. Because he's going to come. And he's going to take the instruments of war and beat them into plowshares. He's going to take the lion and will lay down with the lamb. And you know what Jeremiah and the other prophets say about it's not going to be called Jerusalem anymore. You know what it's going to be called? The Lord is there. Jerusalem is going to be called the Lord is there. You know what? You have a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. You know who the new Jerusalem is? The church.
I want to wrap this up by doing something a little bit different here today. One day, Jerusalem is not going to be called Jerusalem. It's going to be called the Lord is there. Is the Lord there in you? See, I was born given the name Ed. Every one of you were born and you were given a name. But when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, God changed my name to the Lord is there. He's done that for every one of you who come to faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ sat down at the right hand of the Father and He has already won the victory. He's going to come again and set up His kingdom here upon the earth. But in the meantime, He sent to us the precious gift of this Word and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to live in me. See, my spirit was once dead towards God, but now it came alive because the Holy Spirit is there. And now I can relate to God through His Word. And I want you to know that just as Jerusalem is going to be called, the Lord is there. Every one of you have a new name. And it's the Lord is there. Let's bow together. We used to sing that old chorus, I've decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me. I've decided to follow Jesus. We've seen the warning already to those who come to faith in Jesus Christ to come out from her. We've seen the warning in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, come out and be separate. My urgent plea to the church today and to every one of us is that we would come out and be separate and be holy as unto the Lord. No more time to play games. God isn't just looking for commitment and dedication. He's looking for surrender. Surrender. I surrender all. All to Jesus. We used to walk the aisles singing those songs. We need to sing them again. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. May that be the cry of our heart as we move through this book of Revelation, dear Jesus. Amen. I shared an illustration in my uh, Discovery Hour class. I'll share it with you. Now, I'm not much of a swimmer. If I can touch bottom, I could probably save myself. But I use the illustration in class today of the safety course that you can take in swimming. And the cardinal rule is that you don't go try to save a person when they're floundering about and trying to save themselves. What you do is you go out, get close to them, and you wait till they stop struggling. And then you make your move. And when you make your move, they're pliable. And then you can do with them and save them. And I want to tell you, Jesus is waiting. He's waiting for us to give up trying to live the Christian life in our own power and our own strength until we come to the place of surrender. And then he's ready to move. And he, he wants to move in our individual life. He wants to move in our families. He wants to move in our church. But it takes surrender. And we surrender to the one who has given us that new name, that the Lord 
is there. 